when I did my country, I know they reconnect. Oh. I reach here and I started. Shall you go go back? I beg. Let's I'll go collect gun. Oh. Pay me fast this one. Ah, oh. <laughs> go collect gun. Oh, I want volunteer. I want you as a volunteer. I want to love about them. I don't know why nobody should give me one. One day, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> At least automatic automatic citizenship, you know. What do you say? But you go to the I don't want to go. Ah. So, mm-hmm. At this point, the rest case We gotta do what we gotta do. We gotta do what we gotta do. Anyway, hello guys, welcome to the end of our nothing podcast. Um, I think for some reason, Polish is unavoidably absent, but I'm sure we'll find out in due course. And let me just the house. The man who went to battle, survived it, is back. And now he's requesting that he wants to go back again. I don't understand what his problem is, right? Yeah, you know, um, Yobas used to say something. They say, Tiwa Jo Bashilo. In Yashi Padasi. So, hey, man, Jurolo. Tell you about Jurolo, at least, fire the Bishama one now. In the present condition of Nigeria with the first scarcity and all of this, uh, uh, maybe well, scarcity that currently scarcity rich everywhere. Rich here, we are outside. Ah, okay, we can't even be outside because it costs money to be outside. Because <laughs> it costs crazy money to be outside. Kuli, welcome to another episode. Yeah, because at this point, if you step outside, it's money does fall from your pocket. Any money that you just fall down because it is not even. It is not a joke, at this, because because now it's even so bad that some landlords are already telling their tenants because the idea of a service apartments, especially for those that conversant with uh, the high-rise buildings in Lagos, maybe you've been to the island or you stay on the island at some point. The idea is once you pay for this apartment, you pay service charge, you pay your monthly dues and what have you. You don't have to worry about generator. Maybe generator will carry AC or will carry. Mm-mm. A centralized generator that carries everything you live like you you are living in ukraine before the war started like you live <laughs> life <laughs> before the war started, you live life properly there's light ac everything but now even so long as i like pulling so long as i like ah more i think people go and buy general because this is 800 800 diesel per liter i know i can't do this anymore please and is the is it i think it's the diesel gong gong is even the biggest issue now because even people that drive those uh, PSP trucks are like, well, see, you're not coming to your place two times a month anymore. It's once now. This is the one. Wow. Like, like the trains are stopping in the middle of the journey. Like, uh, well, <laughs> and, and it is not even fun because I just, it doesn't look like there's even a solution in sight. Wow. And it's so bad now that it's even um, plane tickets have gone have gone up because... Elementary is always saying that ah, more come, more come, like everyone who will say, the thing will touch everybody before you touch this one. Now, it's a private jail for it, don't be expensive. First class tickets, it don't increase. Every ticket, don't increase. Rich men will complain for Twitter, say, okay, 
Alpha now, everything is hard. Is it just a factor of the Russian Russia Ukraine crisis or Nigeria is just the way it is? No, I I think uh, even beyond the Russia Ukraine crisis, Nigeria has always been a country that uh, never plans ahead. There's no futuristic plan in whatsoever thing we are doing. So it just boils oh. down to that because our our own artificial, I would like to call it artificially induced first scarcity, started as a result of uh, oil distributors and yeah. the, the, them importing impure oil. Bad oil. And, yeah. oil. and for a country that has the second purest fuel in the whole wide world, how on earth would we be importing? Like, it, 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 the 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 systemic decadence goes down to the fact that we have refineries, yet we still have to export crude to get products from crude oil. Like, don't even get me started on this matter of crude oil because every day, every uh, it, it makes you want to regret that. Why did God even bless us with these mineral resources in the first place? Maybe we would have been better off without crude oil. So like, just like, like, and let me just want to talk about crude oil because the worst part is now is that the demand for crude oil has gone through the roof. So the river is not picking like the UK's call. They don't even talk to the US. Yeah, everybody is like, you know what? We have our oil. You have to beg us for it. Nigeria is an oil-producing nation. Should you not be benefiting from this entire demand for crude oil? Crude oil. Um, as Bright said, we don't have a plan. So we are, we are never in a position to take any opportunity if it arises. So we like, and it is very obvious at this stage. Like, yes, everybody's going. Oh yes, um, countries that do have crude oil, they're looking for crude oil. We that have crude oil are also looking for crude oil. Like, it doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> like okay, is, okay, you say, okay, yes, 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 UK do have crude oil. That's where they're trading. We we have it, and we are still sad. We are we are facing scarcity. We are doing all these problems. Like. Something like it's supposed to be like an artificial advantage is a disadvantage for us. And you can tell that, oh, yes, these people in charge, they don't know what they don't know. It's not even like they don't know what they're doing. Like, they're doing nonsense. Ah, oh, God, these people in charge will not kill us. Well, let's move to better things. Like, the weekend is almost here. Um, bright, by tomorrow, the first practice of the Formula One season kicks off. And it's, it's nothing but excitement. Yes, we all remember how last season ended where basically like red bull and marcy and everything decided let's just take a gun and go and rob what's his name and rob hamilton let's find a way to get it done but another season is here and yeah we have to go again right yeah um as ironic as this might sound i'm even more excited about this season than i thought i was going to be because um the old shenanigans of last season kind of um, opened the doors to what would be a very dramatic season. And the season has started off with our meeting saying we are not ready, we are not prepared. <laughs> oh, I think we lost him again. Anyway, um, the, the season has started off with Amitin and Mercedes trying to downplay how fast or how good they are. Like, clearly they have found a way to make sure that, okay, we're not really fast. You, you guys can see that it's in practice. You can see that uh, Red Bull and Ferrari have been the fastest team so far in the preseason testing we've had so far. 
Like, we're just trying to see, ah, make God just help us this year. Make it over, like, say, we'll go scatter. Is this typical Mercedes trying to downplay it, or are they at a disadvantage this year? I feel like they are trying to downplay it. Although, according to the report, I mean, I say, like, we, should, we shouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams don't actually get up to speed in the f- first few weeks. Like, this will have come, this things have come, like, sideboards and all that issue. So I won't be surprised if Ferrari gets ahead of team because a lot of precision reports have been like, oh yes, um, Ferrari is a poor position in terms of developing the cars and all that. But uh, but again, we don't think it's going to last. And I still feel like it's, it's mostly mind games for for Mercedes. Um, Bright, so, um, what, I, I, yes, sorry, I, Mercedes. I think, I, I think you guys lost me in the middle of my. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, so. I think... I, I was just saying what, that what? Uh, I was just saying that I'm more excited about this season than I am, or than I thought I was going to be, due to the fact that the old team is trying so hard to adjust to the new specs, specs and, mm-hmm. and the, the new, new car. And Hamilton has been insistent on the fact that Mercedes is not ready, and even though it might look like um, a little bit of overplay on the fact that. His team is not ready, but I just see it as like a a foundation to what is going to be a very great season. And like um, Cooley rightly said, <laughs> we should not be surprised if somebody like Ferrari comes and just, at least in the first half of the season, makes every other team bite the dust and they would have to chase them and all of that. I think it's going to be a very interesting season. Um, Kule, do you think w- w- the, the way last season ended is going to serve as extra motivation for Lewis Hamilton? Because obviously, he came out a few weeks ago and said, if you thought last year was my best, second half of last season was my best, then wait till you see this year. Is it a case of, okay, Mercedes, I need you to provide the car, make smart decisions, and I'll deliver another world title? I, I think it is, because we are not just seeing... Frankly, I've been seeing this Last immediately last season ended, and is when first going up against a Lewis Hamilton with a point to prove is a serious opponent, like especially a, a Lewis Hamilton that feels cheated. You don't want to, like, he didn't recognize that, so I have to go, I have to go the extra yeah. mile again. Like, I'm mm-hmm. doing on the normal day, something else, then going the extra mile. Is that which I think which is why we took we also take his comments to account, like the comments about Mercedes not being ready because even they might be mind games, but I think it must also be like a case of him being dissatisfied at what he's seen here. That's okay. I mean, this like mindset, yes, but you are not there yes, with me anyway. Like the numbers, like the saying goes, numbers don't lie. The first practice happens tomorrow, Friday, I think around 12 noon or thereabouts, or 11 a.m. in Nigeria time. By that time, at least, we'd have a fair idea of, okay, who has the fastest car on the grid in practice, who, who has been lying, who has done really well, who are the teams that are going to be the backburners and what have you, who are the teams that just collected money and decided, what? So where we think we this car, Jerry? <laughs> We're just going so, to do what we need to do this is and see what, and see where it leads us to. Um, away from the entire Formula 1 drama, back to football itself and the UEFA Champions League. Yes, Celebrity has a seven about ten a seven over eight score line. And the reason and I blame and I completely blame Ajax for being in this for putting me in this predicament. 
Because <laughs> I should easily have gotten a seven over ten. I don't want to talk about Juventus. They are as useless as we get. So I don't want to say, okay, Juventus are the reason why I didn't. I actually the reason why I didn't get a seven over eight score line. Because uh, obviously I was saying that my United against Atletico, it's a guarantee. As much as Atletico were off form and what have you, they like the more experienced team, the more confident team, they are more used to this stage than my United will be. Yes, United have Ronaldo and like they might have the better players on paper and Atleti are struggling, but sometimes you just watch Atleti, the way they play, like they, watching that second like, you could see that they were so patient and despite soaking in pressure for the first 30 minutes and what have you, they went tired just before the first half came to an end. And the minutes they scored that goal to the league, you know, that ah, it's over. Let it like home. Like they did not take break out of shape. They didn't um cow to the pressure. They just kept going. Okay, you know what? Let's just keep absorbing this. At the right time, we hit them on on the break. At the right time, get the needed goal and get to the next round. Yeah, and the funny thing is, Atletico have not been able to do this all season. And frankly, I'm not still convinced about it because to an extent, I feel like. United also contributed to the way they did to the Atletico performance. Of course, United contributed. United did not picture. really offer that much of a threat, especially after the goal. Like they did nothing else. Like Diogo had more shots than Ronaldo and the entire attack combined. Diogo Dalo played right back, wow. and it was so comfortable. Like and and Atletico uh, continues to do this whereby you have possession, but they will control the game. And it was so obvious in that match. And I feel like one, one thing we are missing is that after this game, like, like this game didn't really tell us anything we didn't know before about Man U or Atletico. Like, uh, so we have, I think we have started admitting that this is where United are now. Like, a, a team defeat to Atletico Madrid and then everybody just moves on. And all those, and all those, uh, the Opus schools, um, we need someone was here, reenacting the past. It doesn't work anymore. I'm sorry. That one doesn't fly. It's nobody's business. If you're not good, if you're not good enough, all those bringing senior one, headmaster, it doesn't work. Sorry. Please, why was he crying on live TV, Bright? Like, I don't understand. Why no, I don't... was he feeling emotional? <laughs> like, I don't I feel... it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. The, the, the issue is, the issue is, uh, people, people who, who, who didn't watch post-schools during his days would not mm-hmm. understand that he is a very temperamental person. And Obviously. people like that, they, they tend to swing through those emotions. That is why you will see post-schools in a game that the, his team is in perfect control, will just come and perform a very, very stupid slight tackle, get a red card, and probably put his team on unnecessary pressure. So it's just somebody with excessive emotions and sometimes he's not in charge of those emotions so that was just what happened yesterday while he was shedding tears and he, I, I i felt that he never thought that united would get to a point of where yeah. they would because i have to be sincere as a united fan for over i think i said supporting united um 20 2005 is is kind of it's kind of um unbelievable like it's something that in in enlightening years, we would never have thought that United would, would decay to that level. So it's just kind of disgust, surprise, and just I just amused that okay, something can go wrong this fast, this quick. And the, anyway, I don't. Yeah, something can go wrong this fast, this quick. But I don't understand the surprise. Like oh no, United lost one. Let's go, Madrid. United yeah, now <laughs> And the hypocrisy about all, all this is that suddenly. 
ex-man United players know how to criticize the manager. For the last three years, it was not a thing. Oh, we don't criticizing the manager is off limits. Let's not do it because their best friend or their best pal was in charge. Now let's go and hang Ragnik on the chorus. It's not as good as it should be. Blah blah blah. And what have you. Is this like is this very unfair to suddenly turn to Ragnik and say, Oh, all the criticism that we couldn't give only, let's just give it to him? Um, I think I think it actually is because Ragnik is here for this is here for short term and a lot of the stru- problems United have had, like that people have talked about, like the structure, you can tell that it's, it's still prevalent. Yeah? Like even without, no matter the, who the manager is, it is obvious. Like the attitude of this squad is bad. Like the coordination and everything. And if you watch United, there's some players, there's, there's some players that have improved a bit under like Fred in particular. But you can tell that okay, the, the structure is still not there. They're just ultimately still and uh, whatever works. If it works, it doesn't work. It does and. And obviously, the the United, uh, the former United players who are pundits are definitely biased. Like it is not, it is not even a, it's not even up to debate because you because once when Social was struggling, it was like oh, United is false team, blah blah blah. I want to bring in English players, young players. The same thing has happened in Rangnick, and the tone has changed. So, like, to be honest, it's the same schools that said last season when United lost. Um, to Leipzig in Germany and um, went down into the Europa League. It was the same schools, Hargreaves and Ferdinand, that said after that game that, oh, you can really see what schools uh, is trying to build. I'm like, it's trying to build what? You got, you got out of the Champions League, I said, you can really see what the manager is trying to build, praising him for losing. Now you're accusing another manager of doing the same thing that he's suddenly a very bad manager, blah, 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 and what have you. And to make matters worse, clearly there's this notion or there's this bit like uh, schools was like, oh, if they, they need a strong character as manager, they need a Conte, they need a Simeone. But I don't think bringing in one particular type of manager is probably just going to solve all their problems at once. Yeah, and it's, it shows that that United are still looking towards the past. Like they didn't move on, they didn't have a plan for Fergie. And now all their criticism, they need they, uh, all those things they say they need fear, they need. They are still looking at Feggy. Like, at some point, you have to move on and plan forward. But you can't keep playing on nostalgia and tradition. It doesn't work anymore. Because other teams have moved on. If you don't have a plan, like, it's not as if you can't, you can't see Liverpool going, oh, yes, you need to go back to Bill Shankly. And it does no, it won't work because it's obvious. Like, you have to, you have to go, move forward. And, and United, United don't want to move forward at this point. Now, um, Brad, it has come because. I'm also I'm also of the notion that yes, the club is rotting from top to bottom. The owners are rotting. The structure is the lack of structure. Language probably not the right manager. Sometimes when you watch this current crop of United players play, and you are wondering, these guys just look like they don't want to be here. Is it a case of United needs to face reality and say, okay, let's just press the hard reset here? Any most of these players that don't want to be here, that feels like okay, they are just here for the money. It's time to let them go. I feel I feel one of that's I feel that's one of the reason uh, one of the problem with United is the fact that they are not admittance of the problem. At least they, they have to first admit the fact that there is a problem, but they are always pointing fingers at someone else, not never taking responsibilities, always saying, always blame, always looking for someone else to blame than themselves. Because if those in the end of affairs of the club can come to a conclusion that okay. There's a problem. We have a problem, and we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. So until then, that is when they would actually maybe now sit down 
and actually address the problem. They don't admit that they have a problem. They just keep saying the United Way. The United Way was a way in the 1990s, like in the 1990s to 2000. And that way is dead. That way is dead. So I, I think we all know oh, that. Good. Nothing can be more ignorant than the idea of, oh, you know what, there's something we like united with. What does that even, like, what, what, is, what does that even mean that, oh, you know what, united with? Now, clearly, I'm seeing questions somewhere that, oh, is United, my United season over? And I'm wondering, what do they mean that my United season over? That season is over. I don't, unless Arsenal have a cap, uh, capital meltdown, I don't see how my United are like, going to finish in that top four place. And if first win or they are standing games, they still go above United. So it feels like, at this point, they have little or nothing to play for. Little to nothing to play for. Yeah, and frankly, at this point, maybe Ranks is just experimenting with whatever team will work. Or which player will go. Because I don't think they have anything else to do at this point. Because even if Arsenal have a massive hope, United are still far too inconsistent to take advantage of it. I think that's, that's the reality they have to face now. And they should just plan for Europa League football, maybe even drop out of Europe. I, I I don't even think that's that that's like a plus. I'm not a fan of people that will say, "Oh, drop out of Europe is going to help you concentrate in the league." When you got back into the Champions League for Man United by winning the Europa League, the Europa League is a chance to be another trophy. The team hasn't won a trophy in five years. Why not focus on playing very well in Europe and winning a trophy? Like winning breeds confidence. So the idea of oh, you know, maybe we should sacrifice going to Europe so that we can focus on the league next season. It sounds it always always sounds absurd to me. And not to mention the fact that sometimes it hampers the development of a lot of players. Like if you're playing competitions like the Europa League or Europa Conference League, it gives you the opportunity to blood some young stars in. And if you don't have that competition to bring in young players and what have you to see the benefit of your squad. You will not be willing to take some risks. So, exactly. Then why are you a big club? Then why exactly are you a big club? Anyway, anyway from um still on the Champions League issue. Um I know I mentioned this earlier, but initially when Juventus started the game yeah, at Turin, it felt like almost oh, Juventus were on fire, they wanted to go for it. Was it a case of the away goal rules working against Juve? Because obviously the first leg was 1-1, and Juventus had their, if, if it was last season, Juventus would have had the advantage, so they would have thought, okay, Villarreal needs to come to us to win. But it felt like Juventus took the game to Villarreal, couldn't get the killer touch, and in the space of 20 minutes in the second half or thereabouts, Villarreal turned the time on his head. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is that um, last was it last season? Uh, Anelli came out and said maybe fans will start buying subscription for only fifteen minutes of matches, which sounded <laughs> stupid. But, but frankly, in this game, if fans have bought subscription for fifteen minutes, they have enjoyed the whole thing because everything that happened came in the final fifteen minutes, like from seventy minutes upward. And I feel like the problem is that it to an extent a bit like United. Uh, Juventus cannot really work on rely on the past anymore. Like, uh, if you say Juventus of 2018, even if they had a really good advantage, you have to say oh, Juventus will find a way. Yes. They have a solid defense. They have a very mechanical team. Like they know which player knows what to do, how to do what. But at this point, the moment Villarreal scored the first goal, you, you, you were just panicked. Like there was nothing else. They had nothing else to offer. And to be honest, since January, a lot of what they've been doing, which again risks of bad plan because for the past three years they've been reliant on Ronaldo. Like, 
this world is good. I thought, they, I thought I he said it was the problem. Because, so which is weird, because fan, after he left, the Ventus fans were talking about, oh, it was the problem. Since so he came in 2018, we didn't do anything, we didn't go forward, we spent all that money giving him a salary, and we didn't win the Champions League. Because, obviously, suddenly, Ronaldo is supposed, suddenly supposed to give Juventus the Champions League that they have, they have failed to win over the years. Supposed to suddenly play everything and win in the Champions League. But now, they can't even make it past second round. The only th- the thing is, that I, I, I almost, okay, yes, maybe they have a point to next year, like, okay, building the team against Ronaldo, yes. He joined at 33, can't really move as much anymore. And say, so, okay, if you understand that building a team around one person that much is not viable, then why, why, why are you starting to build a team around Vlaovic who came three months ago? Like a lot of what is happening is if, if Vlaovic doesn't score a goal, that's the end. Apples, like everything. Like they tried building around the ball, it didn't work. Now they're trying Vlaovic, it's just so dependent. And honestly, I actually think Allegri should be sacked because. I don't think I don't think he's up for it anymore because a lot of his mantra is that okay, I don't have a philosophy. I'm here to win. And if your plan is that you are here to win and you don't have, I it, you, can, you can't tell us that. You can't tell us that. Okay, um, in three months this thing will click because you don't. You have told us that you don't need to click yet. You are also here to win. And if you're not winning, it's it's, it's time to go. Um, in other Champions League, other Champions League ties. Um, eleven we, we, I think, I, I, yeah, Juventus, obviously, then I, I mentioned Ajax earlier. Whatever it is that went wrong in that game, because Ajax had full control, right? Like, they had full control. They were ready to take the game. They took the game to Sporting Lisbon. Next thing you know, in the second half, Sporting Lisbon manufactured this go out of thin air that would never score this part header. And Ajax couldn't just turn it around. And that was the end. Like, they just kept puffing and puffing, and they're out of the Champions League. That's why having a perfect record in the group stage. I know I, I know this might sound a little bit cliche, but um when when UEFA cancelled the away go, I was one of those that were crying and lamenting over it. But suddenly, if you look at the stats, there has been more away wins in knockout in the knockout phases than usual, which goes to show that the over reliance on just getting a go away from home is out of the picture. So Look at that game, for example. Befica had just a single shot on target, just that single header on target. And <laughs> for for someone like um, Ajax that had been knocking on the door all through, but they were they weren't just clinical enough, and it came back to haunt them. So I feel that it was just the fact that the uh, the the magic of the away goal rule has been broken. So all of a sudden, teams teams can now teams like Atletico can now grind out win even while playing nothing. So it the attacks were just unfortunate and it kind of dents the gun's C V. But it, it, I was kind of happy for Benfica that even with um how we've all written them off, because if you look at our prediction, the four of us tipped Ajax to win. <laughs> of course. And as fate would have it uh the champions league just gave us its, its magic once again so it was it was a very inter- interesting tie for me rather and i love that we found out um Kuli, Brad mentioned something about how the defeats might, might have affected anything hangs cv and the appeal he had towards my job but so far what we've seen throughout today see the idea there are still reports that came out today that okay it's probably still pretty well for the job is it is it a case of people still appreciating what he had done in ajax over the last few years yeah, I think I think they should, especially considering the fact that 
in a knockout game. A lot, a, 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 a lot of variables, like anything can happen, and just change the whole thing on his head. Like Ajax won six group games, six group games, and um, suddenly they couldn't find any anyone anymore. And honestly, I don't think the conversation should be whether uh, Eric is favourite for the United job. I think the conversation should be whether whether United are a good place for Tenga because they don't have a structure. Because if you just go there and things fall apart, you see that's where that's, I think that's probably when you see him might be in trouble. Oh, um, in the Champions League results, Chelsea found a way they had to grind hard, but they found a way past Lille, who so far have, have, have had a very inconsistent season and somehow only tried to save face in French League. Gone anyway, they did well, they came to the Champions League. Um, away from Champions League, the Europa League matchups are not here. Barcelona <laughs> found a way beyond Galatasaray. And he made it to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I'm sure Bullish is somewhere excited about that, talking about the entire Xavi ball. Um, now, to the NFL, like the drafts combined and everything is going on, the news about so many things, like so many free agency stuff has been going on. But clearly, no other news was bigger than the weekend. Well, at first, we saw Tom Brady at the Trafford watching the game between United and Sports. Then we saw videos after the game when he went to Ronaldo, and Ronaldo was asking him about how. If it was completely, completely done, and he was like, oh, I'm not really sure. You couldn't really answer the question. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, Brady goes to Twitter to announce that he loves his family and everything, but his place is not his family yet. That he still has, like, he's going, he's still, he's going to play his 23rd season in the, in the NFL this year. Like, he still has something to prove. He has, he has unfinished business. And I'm wondering, what does he mean by unfinished business? Several Super Bowls. Like, what's your finished business there? Does he want to come and play at age of 48 or do something no one has ever seen before? I don't, I don't know. It's a bit weird because as somebody, some people made a joke that uh, so, uh, Tom Brady spent a few months at home with family and decided, hey, I can't do this one. No. Let me go back and <laughs> let me go back and meet the linebacker. Let, let me continue sacking me. I don't, I, I don't mind. And I feel like to an extent, like sports, especially American sports, loves a narrative. So I think even when he comes out and says stuff like um, unfinished business, I think he also realizes that yes, if he comes back and he wins a Super Bowl again, I think the narrative will be brilliant. Like he can win a Super Bowl and then like go out in the high. Like maybe one maybe one last season, Indian summer, that kind of thing, and just move on. I think that's probably what he's shooting for. And to be honest, given given what we saw last season, we can't say we can't say he's, he's actually done yet. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I think that's it's as simple as that. Let the league in let the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. And I'm wondering this man is supposed to be 44 doing all these things. Like, what exactly is he doing? Define age, define father time, and now his return means that everyone is casting an eye towards the top of the buccaneers again, like okay, they are contenders. Because obviously, without Brady, people are like, mm, are they rebuilding? How are they going to reload? How do they get to do it? But Brady's arrival shows that, okay, you can attract new free agents. You can attract more free agents. I feel like, okay, I have, a, I have an opportunity to win if I go to play with Brady and what have you. So it, it, it all makes for an interesting watch this season. We know we've had like an amazing quarterback carousel from Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos to. To, to go into a division whereby it looks like it's going to be held because the AFC West now has Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr. Four very good quarterbacks in one division. 
And trust me, you can't have one at three teams in the playoffs. So, that is something to watch out for, obviously. The bad man himself, and Rogers is back as the high paid player in the NFL. And rightfully so, even though he still has to find a way to ensure that the Monte Adams gets paid. If not, there's no way he can throw the ball to himself. He can't throw the ball and at the same time. It's not going to work. He has to find a way behind it. Um, so, that, that just makes for an interesting copy. But nothing so far has been disappointing this year as the NBA and the Lakers. Because Initially, when the Lakers assembled these pensioners together, we all thought, oh, come playoff time or come crunch time to be able to get it done and do it. Now, eleven just since the All-Star break, the Lakers have only won two games. And those two games, LeBron scored 56 and 55. So, you know, <laughs> for level players, what exactly is the cause of their problem? I know it's there's insulting and disrespectful <laughs> and all these things. Well, I, I saw the game against Minnesota and I'm seeing some of the shots that I was trying. I'm like, what exactly is going on? It can't just be an issue of switching teams. Like, the struggles from Westbrook are, are crazy. I, I think at this point, I really don't know what is wrong. Like, I must be, I must be very, very frank and sincere with you. I really don't know what is wrong because I have considered all the options and I'm like, uh, Westbrook is not, or Westbrook was not that bad. Now, he was not, he was not like the best player, but he, he, he was setting up to be an all of famer, which I think he would still be an all of famer. But Obviously. like every other player apart from uh, LeBron this season has been horrific. Their, their performance has been horrific. And Combined with the injuries of AD, it has even made things more complicated. Like simple plays, like the most simple of plays, it has been very difficult for the Lakers. Like they miss open layoffs. I must be sincere. I think I think LeBron too is partially to be blamed for this because there seems to be an air of frustration in his game, such that. He's not leading the team well. I must be very sincere. Even in, th- even in matches, even in games where he scored 30 something, and if you look at his play, sometimes he's not leading the team well. But, but sometimes it's frustrating that you are playing. See, I, I you, it gets to a point whereby you have played well today, you play well tomorrow, you play well next week. And you are looking at your teammates <laughs> and they cannot do the basics. At some point, you'll be like, maybe I should just stop. I don't understand what these guys want again. Maybe I should stop. Yeah, I, I feel I feel maybe the frustration is the reason for LeBron's uh, poor performance. But I I just don't understand how how Lakers have not been able to handle the basic. Like for me, that is just the problem. Like if you handle the basic, at least you should be able to beat teams like Rockets. Like 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 I I just can't seem to explain. Rockets don't even so. want to win. Those teams, those teams don't even want to win games. Like that's like, like that's that's exactly my point. Like. You're playing against teams that are not even so interested in winning games. Like they just they just want to make up the roster. And yet you are still playing. Ah. Like it's, it's almost like things that you learn in high school about basketball. Most of these players they've lost it. That's just the way it seems to me. They've but lost Kule, it. But Kule, what I don't understand is I know like um Sports like a lot of things is dependent on how your roster is. If you have the right roster composition, your team is going to do your protest. Coaching also plays a part. The Lakers have been struggling since the beginning, from the word go, they've been struggling, and for some reason, 
Frank Vogel still has his job as the head coach of the team. Yeah, it, that's a little surprising, but I feel like maybe you can look at the situation and go like, okay, yes, how exactly can you coach this, like this set of players? Because it's not just that um, these players are not being coached; these players are contradicting themselves. Like that, I think that's the first thing we need to understand. These players are contradicting themselves. Like if somebody, if somebody is doing this thing, someone else is, someone else is counteracting it to the detriment of the team. So at this point, even if Lakers probably like, okay, if you get to Frank Vogel, okay, who will we bring in to steady this ship? Like, I was going. I feel like maybe you want to wait to the end of the season and probably probably admit to yourself, okay, yes, this experience has failed. Like this thing they are doing, this project has failed, and try and take stock. Like, okay, yes, so this entire nonsense that we just perform now is a problem. Like we just we we did a problem to this team. So they have, they, I think they have to sit down and deal with that first of all because before before even looking towards Frank Vogel as well if you if they it feels like they are decided decided to throw this season in but the worst part is your first round pick doesn't belong to even the Pelicans so even if you have the top two or top ten picks the Pelicans get to make that pick for you so it's just I feel like they should have sacked Frank Vogel a long time ago we can tweak things a little bit and see if they can go in a different direction, at least try something new for the um, for the fun of his ball. They don't seem particularly interested in doing that, and I don't think anyone can blame them for it. Um, just before we go, the Premier League, the Premier League games over the week, the weekdays, um, as much as Arsenal have been on form and Arsenal fans have been shouting through the process, like Joel and Bid say, because once they are winning, everything is going smoothly. Now, Liverpool seems to have brought them back down back to earth. Crystal Palace did Liverpool a favour by holding nil-nil draw. I guess, clearly at this point, title race is a full flip. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Especially because it's one point between the teams and they, they will meet in April. Like, and at this point, it's hard to call because the way Liverpool look like, even at any, even at the slightest, even if there's an issue with the team, like if they are not up to speed, they still find a way to win. Because to an extent, Arsenal gave them a game in the, in the midweek, like, and to, to an extent, they got lucky. And it just seems like, yes, they always find a way, which is why I actually see them as favourites for at least Champions League. The only thing oh. where I don't, the only reason why I, 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 don't, I don't pick them for the Premier League yet is that. They've won, I think they've won about seven in a row now, and I don't think they, I don't think they win 16 in a row. It's hard. And if you drop points once, momentum momentum will take its will take its way. And I've never you, you can't discount Master. Master can win every game from now to the end of the season. Like, like there's that sense of realism. They might they might four time knockouts, but in league formats where they realize, okay, yes, you have to do this, we need this structure, we need they are very good at doing that. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting title race anyway. At this point, it was very hard to be a Man United fan because Man City and Liverpool are contending for both the league and Champions League, and you're wondering why is the world so, so unfair against us. Um, Eleven, Frank Lampard finally found out to win as Everton go past Newcastle earlier tonight, despite getting a red card. Yes, they have a lot of games in hand. Is it a case of okay, Lampard's getting a smash and grab or? It's probably the right manager to get them out of this trouble. 
I, I think they should just focus on him getting out of the present the mess that he is in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than singing praises of yes, maybe it's finally demand for the job, blah blah blah, yadi yadi yadi. Because it, it it might look like okay, they have games in hand and they look like they look like one of the favorites, though I strongly think that Liz is going down. But whoa. Yes. <laughs> I strongly think that Leeds will be going down, but you can't count uh, everything out of the relegation race yet. Anyway, there are too many bad things, so they might end up staying because the way it seems, I think what they've done, but only have games in hand to, to find a way to win those games, like you said. A bed in hand is bad. Um, uh, I think that's all we can take for tonight. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. Bullish, I'm sure we'll we'll next week. Um, been here, right? Don't worry, things can only get better with the Lakers. And if it doesn't get better, maybe you support <laughs> we'll try again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try again, bro.